Hi guys, it's Ellie. Welcome to the Women Owned Wednesday podcast by Ellie Jane. I'm Ellie Rowe, entrepreneur and founder of Ellie Jane Collective. And for those of you who are listening in for the very first time, thank you so much for joining us. I created this podcast to build a community centered around female founders, artists, creatives, and business owners. And one thing I've always been super passionate about is small business. Small businesses drive communities worldwide, and I think COVID has made that even more apparent than ever. When you tune in, you can expect each episode will touch on topics such as inspiration, finding happiness, entrepreneurship, and also the day-to-day of owning a business in an ever-evolving landscape with a variety of female founders. Today, we're talking with Sarah D'Amelio of Skin Can Do, based out of none other than Silver Spring, Maryland, we're neighbors. Skin Can Do is an organic skincare line crafted with cruelty-free formulas and filled with quality ingredients. Sarah and I talk about, among other things, how she got stranded in paradise. It's crazy. The Seychelles, actually, she was there, and then when COVID struck, she couldn't come home. So we talk about that, and also her journey from a skincare-obsessed product junkie who struggled for years with problem skin, to finally creating her own solution, her own line of affordable plant-based skincare products that she calls Superfood for Your Skin. So without further ado. Hi. Hi. I just want to make sure I'm in the, my location's okay. Oh, you're totally fine. Okay. (laughs) Mostly it'll be audio anyway, so you'll be, you'll be all good. Oh God, I didn't need to put makeup on. I mean, I don't know. I always do, even on like, you know, regular audio chats because I just worry. I don't know. It's just like a thing. I'm like, even when I'm on audio, I feel like I, sh- I have to like look presentable for some reason. Right. <laughs> this is my first time in a while looking presentable. Oh, so. I know. So, how are things going? Amazing. Yeah? They're going really well. Yeah. Um, where, where are you currently? I am in Silver Spring, Maryland. Okay. Because I heard that you were in Seychelles. I was. I got stuck in the hotels for four months. The last, so I was on vacation in, um, we went to Dubai and then we went to the Seychelles. And after a week, we were there from like in the beginning of March. And then after a week, they shut down and we couldn't get out. So what did you do? Hung out on an island. It was like, you know, it was like, it was exactly at that moment in a two week vacation where you wish that it would never end because you're so happy and this is where you belong. And that's what it happened. (laughs) And so so, uh, we just made the best of it. We got an apartment, we got an, you know, Airbnb, and telephones and technology make it possible. Right. So, you know, I was able to work remotely and uh, took it day by day. That's but it was awesome. a nice it was a nice place to be stuck in February and March. I I mean I can imagine. I don't even you know, I've heard of these things happening. I don't think I have ever talked to someone who actually had it happen to them, but obviously, you know, you hear all the stories about people being on vacation and not being able to get back. Um, but I mean, to be in a place like that, it's just incredible. It was pretty awesome. Now it's looking like things are starting to shut down again. So it's, when did you get back in? The end of June. Okay. So it was the last repatriation flight and it was just time because it was a 17 mile Island. Mm -hmm. And like, 
and I was there with my boyfriend. Okay. And so when there's a boyfriend asking you what you're going to do every day and you're on a 17 mile Island, you want to shoot him after, after a while. It was time to go. Like, yeah. I have no more answers. I am not the entertainment coordinator right? Like, or, or a magician. So I don't know what to tell you. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to sit on the beach and maybe have a margarita and we're going to call today. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. There's one road. We can either go left or right. We went right, right yesterday. <laughs> so. Today, let's switch it up. We'll go left. The one cool thing that we did was we took, um, they have, they have public buses there and they are though, and the roads are very narrow and it's a mountainous Island. And these bus drivers drive like they're on a four lane beltway going 80 miles an hour. So we did that one time I was screaming in the front seat the entire time looking <laughs> over the ledge. Uh, I was like, this is Disneyland, but in real life. So that was a cool, riding the public bus system in the Seychelles was pretty cool. So, so I've, never, I've never ridden the bus routes in the Seychelles, but I have um, done it in Italy and I had an experience very similar to that um, where we actually, the whole time were freaking out because just of the driving. I mean, and we're on, you know, roads this big. So teeny tiny roads driving down. Um, and we came to a stoplight and the bus driver's not slowing down. He's not slowing down. We're like, does he see the stoplight or are we just like, I don't even know what's going to happen. And there was a tiny smart car in front of us that was stopped at the stoplight. The bus driver just kept going. He pushed the car through the stoplight, pushed it to the side. And wow. So yeah, driving in it's a country is a whole new world. Yeah, it's crazy. It's insane. That poor smart driver, was he okay? We didn't stop. I have no idea. <laughs> we're like, we're, we hope he's alive. Like, I don't even, just <laughs> small car. We're in a giant Greyhound bus. I mean, what do you do? I mean, he could have stopped. He, he should have stopped. We were thinking, oh, maybe he will. He just never did. And then by the time we got to our destination, you know, he got out and kind of looked at the damage on his giant Greyhound bus, which was significant. So I can only imagine what it was on the smart car. So oh my goodness. Yeah. At the very least their day was totally ruined at the most. Hopefully there were no injuries. Um, so it's crazy, but I'm glad that you're back and thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Of course. Um, so Sarah, for those who are not familiar, is the founder of Skin Can Do, which is a um, skincare, well, it's based out of Silver Spring, Maryland, and it's all, it's a green skincare line, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 100% green and organic. Yes. And so tell me a little bit about your journey, because I was reading up on that also, and it's kind of interesting how you got your start and what propelled you into this. So I'm interested to hear about that. Well, this journey goes back 20 years. Um, when I had always loved skincare and beauty, I was a product junkie back in the day before it was, be before it was really popular with people under 65. Um, what happened? So I, I moved to DC. I had a communications degree from Mount St. Mary's. Moved to, D moved to DC. 
and was an intern at National Geographic because I also love to travel. Got my internship and then I needed a job and walked around DuPont Circle. I was going to become a waitress and I walked into this amazing beauty store called EFX, which became Blue Mercury and became their salesperson and was trained by fabulous people on how to sell product. And I just loved it all because I'd always had problem skin. So like if someone, if one of my family members would ask me what I wanted for Christmas, it would be like the entire line of Lancome so I can fix my skin. Um, uh, or going to Nordstrom's and getting samples and just trying anything or like doing the Ernest Laszlo bar and wash, splashing my face 20 times, nothing worked and I never had great skin, which, it, you know, genetically I just don't. And so I finally got to work at a skincare store was a top salesperson and got to use the entire lines. Like, you know, there's, there's systems for each of these lines. And I believe if you're going to spend around two to $3,000 on a system that you're going to, you're going to have what they promise. You're going to have perfect skin. It wasn't true for me. And, um, then I started researching what's in skincare because all they all back then it was just about the packaging and marketing and the story to sell the cream, not what is in this product and why isn't it working because this doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And so I quit my job. I went to beauty school, became an esthetician and started and went completely natural back, uh, you know, between 2000 and 2005 and started working on making one cream. I just wanted to make one cream because I could wash my face with a natural soap and you do, you do simple DIY products. Um, and that's kind of how I got started. It was based on common sense. Mm -hmm. more so than the trend that it has become in the past five years. Mm -hmm. So um, that's how I got my start. And then I just stayed with it and um, became an esthetician at different salons, worked on my products as my side hustle and um, went from there. So now you have a, um, wellness spa in Silver Spring, right? So I have a, a little, uh, my private skincare studio called the Garden Spa, where I see clients, work with clients, fix their skin. I'm the type of esthetician where I will fix your skin and then you don't need to see me again. You see me once a year when the seasons change because mm -hmm. it's about the at-home care. Mm -hmm. Um, or if you feel like you need a facial, but like that's, I work from a very, like, it's not fear-based. I don't want people to keep coming back and seeing me. I want to fix their skin. I want to get them on the products that will balance their complexions, um, whether that's exfoliating, hydrating. Um, that's basically the balance you're working with with skincare. And or detoxing completely, getting them off of the hamster wheel of beauty, um, and then getting them on the, my skincare products, Skin Can Do, and that's it. And I've done, and I have thousands of clients that I've helped that I'm really proud of because I know what it's like to have 
problem skin that you can never fix. And the thing is, is that you can go to any cosmetic counter and they'll sell you a couple of hundred dollars worth of skincare products and promise you that this is what you need. Mm-hmm. And so, do you think too that to some degree it has something to do with diet and you know exercise routine and any of that, or do you feel it's truly based on what the ingredients are that you're putting on your skin, or maybe a combination of those things? Well, see, everyone is different, and that's why I'm a holistic esthetician because I analyze what's, who are you, what are you doing, what's your lifestyle, and what are you putting on your face. Of course, diet and exercise is important, um, but I have people that work out, you know, five times a week that were still having skincare issues mm-hmm. because they were allergic to everything that they would go to buy at Sephora. So again, it's, it's really about your skin sensitivities. And there's some people like there's 25% of people that can go to Sephora, put anything on their face. They can put the, you know, Chanel, they can put the creme de la mer, they can do whatever because they just have that skin that can handle it. Mm -hmm. Most people don't. And so my job is to get them off of what they're using, to detox their skin, give them in group products that are whole food, plant-based ingredient, plant-based products that are full of nutritional supplements to feed the skin cells. And then that coupled with diet and exercise and you've got perfect skin. Mm -hmm. So, but I also tell my clients, you can't mix, like you can't decide one day to put some random moisturizer on because that's going to, it's going to break you out. You've got sensitive skin. Another thing that I've seen recently, and you've probably noticed all the Sephora's that have popped up all over Washington is that women will go, you know, with their friends and go skincare shopping and their friend will say, I'm using this and it's, I love it. Or, you know, we like to buy skincare products is for, for fun and then use them. But it's just, it's not, that's what's causing problems. So do people typically come to you if they're having issues with their skin? Yes. People come to me often as a last resort and I'm, and I'm strict. I'm like, we have to detox your skin for 30 days with the detox and glow kit which is um, this imported Greek honey and uh, this beautiful toner that we have. And for 30 days, calm your skin down and then come see me. And every single person it works, as long as they're not adding in other products. Because people don't understand that other products are adding chemistry. And so when you're messing with the, your skin absorbs that chemistry. And then the response to it is your skin telling you, this isn't good for me. Like a, a pimple, it, your skin has, your, has its own language. A pimple, redness. Um, and what we're seeing this year because of masks are people that might not have been affected normally because their skin's breathing, but because they're putting on like a, a Cetaphil lotion, if they're just washing their face with Cetaphil and then putting a Cetaphil lotion and then putting their mask on, that's a recipe for disaster because their skin can no longer breathe and you're trapping in that lotion in the mask. 
And so a lot of people that didn't have skin issues before are having them this year because of the masks. Do you feel like there are common ingredients that are pretty across the board or maybe certain things that tend to irritate or is it kind of just run the gamut? Like, are there certain things in certain products that you've seen over and over again that you're like, as soon as you see that, you know that it's probably not great for your skin? Not certain ingredients, certain product lines, mm. because let's say that there's six, well, Estee Lauder owns most of those products. They're really just the same thing with different labels on them. Okay. And then if you look at the ingredient deck and it's a paragraph long, that's just, there's nothing positive in there for mm -hmm. your face. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. My opinion is you need to feed your skin, skin cells whole food plant-based ingredients, just like you would feed your body. Mm -hmm. So I guess when people come to you, what are some of the first questions that you would ask? Um, or think tell me about your diet and exercise and then tell me what you're using on your skin. A hundred percent. Don't hide. Don't don't not tell me about the sunscreen you're putting on. Like I need to know exactly what you're putting on your face so that then I can, then I can see the whole picture. And that includes makeup, you know, things that you're using. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the th cool thing is, is that because green beauty has become a trend in the past five years, there's amazing makeup out there right now. There's, there's clean, uh, technologically advanced makeup that won't break you out. That's actually good for your skin. One of the things that I found, and I've had to kind of educate myself about this over time is, you know, a lot of companies kind of market themselves as green beauty, or they'll have, you know, packaging on there that has like the whole ingredients. But then when you look on the back of it, actually, it's not. So are there certain lines, including, you know, Skin Can Do or, you know, other beauty um, companies that you would recommend or that you recommend to people or? Okay, so that's called greenwashing. Mm -hmm. you, also, you also have to understand the beauty industry. So mm -hmm. when they tell you there's turmeric, uh, cinnamon, and hyaluronic acid on the front, those, they just pick the key ingredients to advertise and then you turn it over and you're like, well, there's these things mixed with the regular toxic soup that is skincare. There's a lot of greenwashing going on because of the trends. Um, the only product line I recommend is Skin Can Do because we hand make it and I source all of my ingredients. So rather than a skincare product, it's more like a Michelin three-star meal for your face where I'm focused. That's what it is. Like, you know, when you go to a rest, a fabulous, like three-star restaurant and you're like, wow, this stuff tastes so much better than the, than at, you know, a regular restaurant. That's the difference. It's all about the ingredients and how they're put together and what's not in there as well. And so Skin Can Do is the only line that I put my clients on because I know that it's exactly. handcrafted. I know where I source my ingredients. Um, you know, I pay a fortune for my ingredients because that's what gives you the best results. Mm -hmm. And it's so worth it. How do you it. go about finding, finding them or sourcing them? What is that process? Well, I've been doing this for 20 years. So I have, um, 
done my research over the years. Um, one story is um, there's a guy in my neighborhood who is the cousin of a hive owner in Crete, Greece, and he had honey. And so I bought a jar and I started using it and I started researching what's in Cretan time honey. And it was, it's the healing benefits are amazing. And they've been used by Greek soldiers dating back thousands of years for wound healing. And so that I started incorporating. Mm -hmm. um, I look for very healing, very um, high quality, hard to get ingredients to mix into my products. And I've been doing it for over 20 years. So, you know, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you too, kind of pivoting a little bit is about what inspires you as a small business owner myself, there's a lot of things. I mean, I feel the same way about handcrafted, you know, handmade um, products specifically made by women. I think it's really important. Um, key to all of this too is, you know, supporting and empowering women as part of kind of what my goal has always been with my business. Um, what do you feel inspires you the most about doing this for the last 20 years? This is my a hundred percent passion. Like this is what I'm here and meant to do. This is what brings me joy every day. Um, helping women um, fix their skin because I know I had problem skin. There's a big difference between someone who had perfect skin and can put whatever on their face. It's not, it's not the same. It's mm -hmm. when like I had problem skin I, lit, I went to boarding school with kids that had perfect skin. I didn't understand what was wrong with my skin. Um, and then I was in the beauty industry from the ground up and learned everything. And the, like, so it's just kind of like my life's path. Mm -hmm. um, even how I get ingredients and how they come to me and, you know, it all, it, how things are attracted. Um, so it brings me great joy to have a client in here who's freaking out because they're so upset. They've spent so much money on skincare. They've gone everywhere. No one's being able to help them. And I can calm them down, detox their skin, get them on a few simple products, and then they're over the moon because their skincare issues are no longer an issue. That's my goal with my clients. Oh, go ahead. Also, just, you know, I have an amazing team, a female team. Um, and putting that out there as well and empowering women that I, that work with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it's hard too, you know, cause I have, this is kind of a struggle that I've had over a long time, even with, and this is not to disparage anyone by any means, but even with male doctors or male, um, you know, uh, what is the word, um, dermatologists, you know, sometimes it's hard because I think just generally women put so much more on their faces day to day in terms of makeup and SPF and, you know, moisturizer and, you know, cleanser and all this stuff. And so I think it's one of those things where they do have a lot of insight into, you know, A, what the products are that you're using every day, but B, you know, what it's like on a day to day basis to it's, you know, to, to have those issues and have it be a cause sometimes of, 
the products that you're using because everybody's been in a situation where they heard from a friend that something was really powerful and worked wonderfully and then they go out and buy that same product and it doesn't have the same impact and so you know I think that makes it especially hard so you know I think that's a really important part of all of it too um and also how have things kind of for you over time evolved you know you said that it's it's kind of trendy now has that made it easier you think to you know be a business owner or be someone who has a green skincare line has it helped to kind of market itself well because i was one of the first doing it 20 years ago i was able to build my base now you're having people launch skincare lines like every week so there's a ton more competition and so they're more easily to accept and they're more open-minded mm-hmm. and you know, I can relate to their issues. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling them they're crazy to just go back and use Cetaphil and Neutrogena and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Like there it's, they, when I work with clients, they feel seen and they don't feel like it's their fault. Mm-hmm. Like that's why the first thing I'm like, what are you using? Okay. Right. Well, none of this is doing you any favors and you're, you're clearly allergic. And so 80% of my job is getting them off of what they're using Mm -hmm. because there's no magic, there's no magic product like that's going to fix your skin and give you perfect skin. Trust me. I tried them all. That doesn't work. There's a way to balance your complexion. So where you're feeding your skin cells and that's how you get, it's about inflammation and calming inflammation and putting things on your face that your makes your skin cells happy. Mm-hmm. And um, so people are more receptacle receptacle to it, but um, there's still a ton of competition. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's happening now in the green beauty world is, you know, people are just getting some investor money and going to a lab and saying, I don't want these ingredients in here. They're still lab made products. Mm -hmm. Um, Big difference between putting raw whole food ingredients on your face. How long does it usually take you to craft a product? I mean, over 20 years of doing this and you have quite a few, but how long does it take, you know, to kind of cultivate something that you feel satisfied with? A long time and there's a lot of testing involved I and mean, we're talking about a body of work for 20 years yeah um, and the creams are what's really special and that's what you won't see on the market because it took me five years to make my organic creams and I haven't seen anything come close to it because no one's gonna spend the time uh, trying to make a cream that's that pure so when you launch, you usually launch one product at a time, or do you do like a full kind of skincare? It says it's as now I have my base. And so it's, if I launch products, I'm kind of like, now I just added these amazing candles. Um, now I'm kind of into finding things that go along with the, uh, you know, zen lifestyle and adding them but they're just as amazing as like skin can do products Mm -hmm. so just diversifying my website a little bit because from covid uh people it's all online yeah really going into stores so i want to bring i'm bringing that like right now i just brought in two beautiful candles Mm -hmm. one candle a spa candle that's lavender and jasmine and then one that's 
a holiday candle that just smells like Christmas. It's beautiful in the background. I love that. That's coming. And then I work with, I love partnerships with other women mm -hmm. entrepreneurs because I just love to support. I think if we all work together, we all win. I and couldn't agree more. That I love because mm -hmm. when you're making new friends, you're succeeding, you're bringing joy to other people. Um, you're supporting businesses that are making a difference, not just, you know, someone going into a lab and making, there's just, there's soul in when there's a product with a real person behind it. I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, that's one thing that I've really relied heavily on as I've been building my business and continuing to kind of innovate and diversify the different things that I'm doing. You know, this podcast is still relatively new. This will be the third episode. So, you know, there's that, but also just, you know, reaching out across the aisle to so many different business, because there are so many, there's so many, you know, between DC and Baltimore, and there's so many amazing women specifically that are doing incredible things. And, you know, once you put it out there and you create those partnerships and you, you know, have those networks, you guys are kind of unstoppable, I think at that point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Um, I work with influencers in DC, Baltimore, and now we're going into Richmond. And so that's also a lot of fun to um, cross promote that way. So I was going to ask you about COVID too, kind of backtracking. So how have those things changed for you? I mean, was your business primarily in person? Um, about two years ago, I heavily invested in social media and learned how to really, um, use Instagram and Facebook. And so I was kind of ahead of a, the, and I redid my whole website two years ago. So I was already established online in a way that I was happy with. So with COVID and as an entrepreneur, you pivot, you know, if it's things went, my wholesale orders went down, my website orders went up. I started doing weekly Tuesday treats where we're putting little discounts or specials every week, you pivot your marketing based on what's going on in the world. Um, you can't fight it. So COVID, I mean, we were just named the number one thriving business in the Washington Business Journal in the DC area. That's um, amazing. Congratulations. Two weeks ago. Thank wow. you. Um, but I've also... I'm also a conservative business person, so I don't have a brick and mortar. Um, I have private, I have a private studio. I have two private studios that um, are completely safe and it's, I have a very small team. So we could, we weathered the storm. Mm -hmm. Gee, that's the other thing that I was gonna ask too. I mean, I know that's one of the struggles for a lot of people as an online business because, you know, there are so many businesses online now. And, you know, when somebody goes to search for your business, um, making sure that it pops up first, I think is a struggle or even popping up at all, I think sometimes. So how did you get um, your business kind of on the forefront online? Was it the social media element or how did you get your, how did you get the word out? I've been, I built my base over 20 years and every event that I did and every Adams Morgan day and every Potomac day, you know, I just built up a fall. I've been doing it a long time. You can't, 
I don't know if this is the time to start from scratch or to open mm -hmm. to start a business without those, you know, events. So I had, I, ha I had a solid enough base to survive. Um, and we don't rely on middlemen because we can't manufacture everything. So I'm more in control than probably the average entrepreneur. That's it. I also don't play the Google game. Like I don't try to come up first. It's impossible. I'm not going to just keep dumping money into that. I'd rather pass on my savings and give my clients discounts um, so they can feel comfortable buying the product and tell their friends. And I tell them that I'm like, like this week I did a, a special where you can send your friend a jar of combat bomb for 40% off. To, instead of me spending for paid advertising, I'm going to uh, empower you to help me give, I'm going to give you a discount rather than paying for advertising and you can send it to your friends and help Skin Can Do and your wallet at the same time. Was your goal too, I mean, because your products are pretty affordable, was that your goal going, going into it was to kind of create a skincare line that was not only good for your skin, but also you know, relatively affordable for the average person as well. I, I wanted it to be fair. So my Lux product, my Lux line's more expensive um, because of the ingredients we use. But I just, I use myself as a base because I'm an avid shopper. <laughs> and I'm just not going to, I'm just not the type of person that's going to spend over a hundred dollars on a skincare item. I just don't think it's fair because I know how much raw materials cost. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't spend that much. I use stock glass packaging. I use a simple um, label. I spend my money on the ingredients and then I price it fairly. Mm -hmm. um, but I just think that's just who I am and who I want to be known as. It's not a 200. When you get into those, that rate, I don't think it's sustainable. I mean, if a product is over a hundred dollars, that stuff better be magic. And I've never found something that I'll spend it one time, but I will never like, if it's not magic, I'm not rebuying it. So I don't know. That's, I don't like that business model. I know I it's go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm no, I was, I was just going to say, I totally agree because I'm not one of those people that's great at maintenance and I never have been. <laughs> I will maybe get a haircut once a year. You know, I'm just not great about upkeep. I have a hard time even keeping up with, you know, nail appointments or anything like that. It's kind of uh -huh. like a theory for me. So, but I will spend good money on skincare if I feel like it's making a difference. And so that is one area where I'm willing, but you're right. I mean, I think for me, it's I'll spend it one time. And then if it doesn't work, I'm moving on, you know? So what's the, my thing is about getting the people to repurchase and I have a very high repurchase rate. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's why I've survived. Mm -hmm. Also my facials. I mean, I put a special, I, you can come get a mask me facial for a hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. Um, a private facial with me at my studio. I will fix your skin. I'll teach you how to use skincare mask and you'll be able to afford it. Mm -hmm. 
So I just, I like value. I love high end products and I like a good value. What products do you feel um, are most popular right now? Um, well, if they're coming to me with maskne, which is a bright red irritation and deep cystic pimples underneath the mask, then it's the Skin Can Do Detox and Glow package, which is the Wild Honey, the Sage and Gold Toner, and the Miracle Cream. So you wash your face with the honey morning and night. You swipe your skin with the um, Sage and Gold Toner after, and then at night you can use the Miracle Cream for moisture for 30 days, and that will help seriously clear up maskne. And then um, what else is good right now? People are loving the Heirloom Pumpkin Enzyme Mask. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's a great, that's just a great instant exfoliation. It smells good and it's powerful. Um, the Pearl Mud is awesome from Alaska. I love that stuff as an exfoliant. Um, they're all pretty good. Combat Ready Bomb is having its moment because everyone's dry and everyone needs a jar to get through the winter. So it all kind of, I mean, the eye bomb we can't keep in stock. All the, all the SKUs do well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's interesting too, because I didn't realize until recently that, I mean, I always knew that I had dry skin, but I didn't realize until recently that really it makes an impact year. Um, I was going to say year over year, but really what I mean is season over season in terms of keeping an eye on what your skin is doing and maybe switching up your routine or using different products. I had no idea that that was, you know, a part of it. It just never occurred to me. You have to change your skincare with the seasons and the environment that you live in. And that's my problem with like when people, when the media gives a blanket statement about something you should be using, it's not accurate. You need to look at where do you live what what are you willing to do to your skin and um tailor it to that mm -hmm. the most the thing about skin can do products is just getting them on your face because it's it's skin food rather than like just soap and whatever just goo that you put on your face mm -hmm. um I'd rather have someone just using the blue lavender cleanser if that's all they're going to use than use something good for your skin rather than like dial soap just depends on it's all individual there's no one size fits all and take getting skincare advice from a friend that has completely different skincare skin from you is not a good idea because it's not going to work the same yeah what do you, I mean, right now there's kind of like an emphasis too on self-care and that's been something that, you know, you hear a lot about specifically now, just because everyone's dealing with a whole lot with, you know, home virtual schooling and, you know, working remotely and things like that. But um, if somebody were to want to do like a starter skin can do product, is there one that you would recommend? Well, we are coming out with a little kit that's uh the cbd cleansing oil which is wonderful especially this time of year to remove makeup but also hydrate your skin during the cleansing process and then it has a one ounce blue lavender which um just cleans off any extra oil that's left but doesn't dry your skin 
a little sage and gold toner so you can tone your skin and then a day, a day cream and an eye cream and you're good. So that's coming out. That's exciting. It's a cute kit. It's a basic starter kit that like, that's, um, that's the good routine and also nice to have when you travel. Mm -hmm. What is your kind of looking forward to the future goal for skin can do? Um, you know what? It's always getting that next client. Mm -hmm. It's always helping that next person that's got skin issues or that discovers it and is like, wow, my skin looks awesome. That's my goal. It's like the next person just, you know, the next client. It's never like, I'm going to do a franchise all over the world. That's not like, that's not me. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm just here to help you know, the next person that needs good skincare and then the next person after that and slowly build. And then all of a sudden you have 20,000 clients. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's the future for skin can do. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Really appreciate it. It was, nice. it was so nice to meet you too. And we will certainly be in touch. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Sarah. All right. Take care. Bye. You too. Bye. Thank you so, so much again for listening. For more about me, Ellie Rowe, and my business, Ellie Jane Collective, you can find out more about us on Facebook and Instagram at Ellie Jane Collective or online at elliejanecollective.com. And guys, I'm sorry. I'm going to do this every episode because it's so crucial to us being able to bring you this content every week. Please do us a favor and subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast with your friends, your family, your colleagues, anyone you think might even have a chance remotely of listening. And please reach out if there are any women you'd like to hear from, innovators doing amazing things in your community. We want to know about it. So in the meantime, please continue living your life with intention and cultivating your life consciously.